Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in 3 years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant. For those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007 and am the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. I work with survivors who are sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable, and I help them let go of the pain of abuse and move on with their lives. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at www.rachelgrantcoaching.com. I'm very excited to have here with me tonight my guest, Charles J. Stecker, Jr., who is going to be sharing with us about how to be a genuine, authentic, real man who can share himself with honesty and transparency without compromising his masculinity. To start off, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about my guest. In his childhood, Charles survived crimes inclusive of neglect, physical, emotional, spiritual, and sexual abuses. He experienced murder, repeated loss of family and friends and belongings, stolen educational opportunities, failures of the child welfare system, injustice, parental alienation, and abandonment. Some of his adult struggles include business failures, loss of children through abortion or divorce or alienation and adoption, losses of homes and belongings, loss of employment, addictive behaviors, and a time of loss of health and self-worth. Today, Charles is a man of faith in God, a proud father, founder of International Child Abuse Prevention Task Force, inspirational speaker through his speaking company, Charlie's Angels Empowerment Programs, LLC, named in memory of his murdered two-year-old brother, child's rights activist, youth empowerment speaker, parental responsibility advocate, ordained minister, community activist, volunteer, and victor. 
So we've got a real powerhouse in the house tonight. And one of his life mottos is that no matter how bad the situation seems, someone else has it worse, and it will improve. Charles offers a message of faith, hope, and love to all. He asks for no sympathy. What he does ask, though, is that you listen, perhaps even learn, something from his experiences. His desire is to inspire and empower you. His hope is that a positive change will happen in your life, your family, and your community through you. So, Charles, thanks so much for being here tonight. Well, thank you for having me, Rachel. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Awesome. So to get us started, I'd love to know a little bit more about, you know, the lessons that you have learned in order to really become the man that you are today. And I know, of course, there are probably many, but could you touch on a few that really may help our listeners um, pertaining to today's topic? Certainly. Well, one of the very first lessons I learned, and it took me quite a while to learn it by you, but one of the most valuable lessons, I should say, not first lessons, but the first valuable lesson I learned was the lesson of actually forgiveness and, and what forgiveness does uh, to free you from the bondage of past negativity. And mm-hmm. far too often we as men uh, are taught to just suck it up and not show emotions and, you know, and, and basically, you know, just, just deal with it in a way and we internalize it. And I believe that that's why we find so many men caught in uh, abusive situations where they are abusing, where they're doing things like that because they don't have, they didn't been taught how to release those inner things. So that was one of the, the earliest or the first real nuggets that I grabbed onto and I realized I had to learn how how do I forgive these people and I'm not forgiving them, I'm releasing myself and then how to share that with others and be open about it. And as you know, it was very hard at the beginning as a man to be able to do that because you're looked down on, oh you're 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 feminine, you're this and that and you're somewhat emasculated, but I found ways to be able to do that and actually firm up my masculinity and be able to help mm. other men come out and be stronger in, in speaking. I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is certainly something that I work a lot with my clients around as well is how to step into that freedom and that release of really being able to let go, um, you know, what you've been holding on to and the impact of the abuse and the experiences that have happened in your life. Because at the end of the day, I mean, forgiveness is really about coming out of, you know, out of things for your own good in a lot of ways, right? It almost doesn't have a lot to do with the other person sometimes. It's just what are you wanting to release so that you're not carrying around those burdens anymore? Uh, I I give a picture of a... a piece of chain, a long length of chain, and on each end you have a, a neck collar with a lock on it. And while we're in the middle of the abusive situation or the negative the negative situation coming from the other person, we are locked with them. At the point where they're done doing their damage or what they wanted to do to us, they're gone. They no longer have that around their neck. But far too often we carry that other uh, collar around our neck, manacled to ourselves, because we don't want to forgive we don't want to let go. We don't want to forgive them. But they're gone. So ultimately, right. if you take that off our necks, guess what? It releases us. It's, we're not really forgiving them to let them go. We're forgiving them to get that collar around our necks and to release us and give us that freedom to take the next step. Absolutely, uh, so yeah. one I'll talk about next. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I love that. And thank you very much for sharing that, that image because it is, it's a, it's a great way to, to connect with this idea of forgiveness that can sometimes be, you know, confusing or hard to approach. 
And so now what have you noticed about, you know, how accepting your faults and your imperfections, how has that really aided you in, you know, the positive growth in your life? Well, I tell you what, one of the things I've learned is we've got to get, before we can get real with anyone else, we've got to get real with ourselves. We've got to be able to, you know, look at ourselves honestly, transparently in the mirror and say, who am I? And mm-hmm. and then and too far too often we're so busy in, in our society looking at everyone else, trying to keep up with the Joneses per se. You know, have to provide. And as men, we're 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 looked on as we need to be leaders, we need to do this and that. But we forget that we lose our identity. We find, we don't know who we are. We we don't get we don't learn to be genuine with ourselves. So I think, and I and I look at myself in the mirror, uh, both physically and mm-hmm. in that mirror. I you know I, I examine myself mentally, emotionally, and I look for. Who am I? And I and then sometimes I write it out or I'll speak it out on a recording, and I learn who I am, and then I get real with myself. I accept myself. I realize I'm not perfect. I am going to make mistakes. Be, making a mistake is not inhuman. It's actually very human. If you're if you're mistakeless, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And be able to accept those things, and then right. uh, and accept them, and then look at the areas where you say, okay, these are parts of me, character traits that you know we have to have some negative character traits because it helps us to be able to differentiate with things. You know, you can't walk around happy all the time. You have to have be able to have feel anger, but anger in a way that's productive and non-abusive. And mm-hmm. you know, that was the other thing that I had, that I was going to touch on a little while ago. Was the other One of the other keys besides forgiveness that I've that learned is is the um, is learning to not, not repeat the behavioral pattern that you experienced that you didn't like. You know, if right. you didn't like it, then more than likely then this person is going to like right. it for put it on them. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's that's another that's another key thing that I that you know I was like you know I didn't want to do that and I've chosen not to by how mm-hmm. I've chosen to live my life. Uh, you know, in in constant analyzation, and uh, you know, thank God that I've never became an abuser. You know, I've had mm-hmm. my faults, but so that's the key part that I wanted to share with on the on the first thing. But yeah. It, it's really looking at yourself, getting honest with yourself, and accepting yourself for who you are. Hey, you know, I'm not proud of the fact that I've lied in the past, but I have. Mm-hmm. I'm not proud of the fact that I've taken things that weren't mine, but I have. It doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me I've made bad choices, and I can look at them, and I can openly talk about them. With right. Again, when you're able, we're able to talk about the negative things we've done so often. We want uh, to focus on, oh, look at the good I've done, the good I've done, and that's wonderful. So you got to get real with yourself and say, you know what, everything you've done hasn't been good, and you've done some stuff that wasn't. And when you can do that, you actually self-empower, and you find those things, and it gives you something to work on. You look and go, oh, you know what, yeah, I struggle in this area. Let me work on that. Right. And it, yeah. it also disarms others from coming at you with things because you've already acknowledged them and you're working on them. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of power in just naming the elephant in the room. Right. And once you do that, exactly right. You then have the opportunity to heal it or to change it if that's what you want to do, if it's something that really needs to be adapted um, or changed. And we can't do that when we're, you know, hiding out from ourselves, so to speak. And, um, you know, I think there's um, you can tell me if you agree with this, that there's a lot of pressure on men in some ways to um to perform and to look like they have their you know their shit together all the time and um, to not be weak or vulnerable or um, or have faults. Uh, would would you agree with that? Oh, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, and mm-hmm. and we're also uh, 
uh, masculinity has been disseminated and, and uh, made fun of. And if a man stands up and becomes a man, a leader, you know, a provider, uh, the person who's supposed to, you know, not lord over the family, but be lord of the family and work together in unison, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're looked down upon. We're, we're becoming a best from the minority, but we need to not accept that. And that's another, you know, that's very important. Mm-hmm. And we don't stand up in, a, in an authoritarian way and, you know, right. you know, you must do this, but stand up and do the things, you know, learn forgiveness, learn, mm-hmm. you know, to learn, mm-hmm. to learn behaviors. Don't use what happened to you as an excuse to perpetrate it again. Got it. And, yeah. You know, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, I just I love what you're saying there, because it's really about that finding that balance and that flow between, you know, being, you know, acknowledging your weaknesses, acknowledging the faults, acknowledging where um, you're lacking and um, also standing still in strength. Like it doesn't somehow, you know, um, make you less than just because there are these these imperfections. So I love this idea of, you know, almost like taking stock. And looking at it um, with a with a clear view, so that you can move on from there. The other thing that I, I was curious about, Charles, is just how you know has making choices that you can live with the consequences of really helped um, you know assisted you in helping other men. Well, being again, telling myself being transparent with other men and sharing with them, you know by choices, both good and bad, and the consequences from those choices. I mean, not we hear the word consequences, and most of the time we think, ooh, negative. But there's mm-hmm. positive consequences to positive choices. And being transparent and sharing with them and having them share with me and then, you know, how to, how to, how to make a right choice. You know, looking at it and saying, okay, if this choice is what you're going to make, let's look at the pros and let's look at the cons of it. Which one outweighs the other? And is that a choice that you can live with? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, ultimately the outcome, like, you know, something as simple as, you know, how you deal with a, an angry moment. I mean, we as men are, are told to suppress, you know, when we show emotions, mm-hmm. we're, we're squashed, we're, we're told, you know, you're, you're, you're a man isn't supposed to show emotions, we're supposed to be tough. You know, it, it's, it's about making the right, making a choice, analyzing it. And sometimes, I'm not talking, we don't have time to sit there and sit down right pose. We have to do it a spur of the moment, thought process, okay, bam. Is what I'm going to do right now? What are, what can happen? And let me make the choices so that I can live with the consequences, and whatever that whatever that consequence might be. Got that? Yeah, awesome. And so you're finding that through you um, being more open about the things that you struggle with, and talking, you know, transparently about that with the men in your life. That in some ways it sounds like you build a stronger community of men because you then have you know they open up they're able to share they're able to connect with you know what you're saying as well and because of that it creates more opportunities for exploring things that might otherwise just go unaddressed. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I, it's like this: you have a room full of we'll use a number of a hundred. You have a room for a hundred people, and we have someone to stand up and volunteer for something or to do something. And you have no one until someone stands up. And once mm-hmm. that one person stands up, next thing you know, another one, two more, three more. And sometimes you get almost half a room or more. And mm-hmm. I find that in this, as a man who's finally stood up and said, Lord, I'm not holding my secrets in anymore. I'm not holding my, I'm not just going to present all my positive great stuff. I'm going to present my faults. I'm going to be honest with them about it. I'm going to, be, I'm going to bear them. I found that being that type of man and being able to walk in or being involved with other men has given it's given them the strength to stand up and say, Oh, mm-hmm. you know what, yes. 
and they can now start expressing their emotions. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the keys to, you know, stopping a lot of the abusive behaviors, the addictive behaviors that men fall into mm-hmm. uh, because of not knowing how to do that, not being able, not being afforded that opportunity. I think yeah. it's, it's one of the things that's going to help us in the long run to, to slow down the abuse that's been happening. And, and abuse, we know, comes from both sides. It's, it's non-gender-based. It's non no, gen, no gender is more abusive than the other. But we as men tend to get the spotlight more and because we're expected to just hold it all in. And, and right. I think it's led a lot of roads into addictions and to, uh, into further abuses. So finding myself yeah. being open, open and transparent, laying out there, I mean, even in the social networking world, I'm open about everything. People are like, man, you tell everybody about everything about you. Yeah, well, you know why? Not because I'm looking for me to get the attention, because by me sharing, it's helping somebody else either by reading it and thinking, oh, I can, and giving them to do it, oh, somebody else can do it, I can do it, or by stepping up right. themselves. So yeah. that's a lot of the reason behind me sharing a lot of what I'm doing. It isn't for me to be have a spotlight. It's for me to encourage someone else to step up. I love that. Yeah, and you know, this month we're really focusing on male survivors and recovery for male survivors because um, a lot of attention is given these days to women, and thank goodness, because there was a time when nobody got any attention and nobody got any support. And in some ways, I think that we're coming into a season where men are starting to speak out more, starting to seek help more often, um, and, you know, kind of coming out of that um, hole of silence that women were in and on the heels of everything that's happened for women in recovery, kind of stepping into that now for them. And yet there still is some taboo. There is still some hesitancy and, and some fears for men of, you know, if I speak out about what's happened to me, if I talk about how I was abused, um, that somehow I'm going to be perceived as weak or, um, or or this concept still that, you know, runs around that men can't be abused, right, or can't be raped. So, you know, I, I really want to just applaud um, the fact that you are out there sharing your story and talking because it absolutely does open the doors for other men um, to to start getting the help and the support that they so deserve um, and not hide and, and be ashamed or scared. So, yeah, thank you for that, Charles. No, I want to share something real quick mm, on, on, yeah. that, on just something that came to mind as you were talking about that. You know, far too often... Uh, and, and again, and, and I agree wholeheartedly with you about women. Women still have a long way to go for equal rights. We know, I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm going to tell you, I see a disparaging difference in areas uh, for equality. And you know, and I and I and I stand for women as well. But you know, today we're talking about my, my focus is on men. And and I want to say this: we need. If we go, you go to the doctor for your physical health to check, you know, what's going on with your physical health. We go to physical doctors. We go to foot doctors, you know, eye doctors, ear doctors. There is no shame in going to the brain doctor, your mental mm-hmm. health doctor. There's mm-hmm. no shame in that. There's there's no shame in saying you need psychiatric or psychological help. Matter of fact, that is empowering to stand up and say that. We have been we have we have put a stigma on that. Oh, they have mental health issues. Well. You know what? Every human being has a mental health issue. It's, 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 sorry, you can't escape Definitely. it. And yeah. there's no shame in going to get mental mm-hmm. health help because sure. if, you, if we take care of our physical bodies and our physical health, but we don't take care of our mental health, our physical bodies are just going to break down anyway or, or wither away. So yeah. It, yeah. I want to encourage there is no shame in getting mental health help. Our, we need it. it. It's a balance, and we have to keep it. 
Yes, thank you for that. Absolutely. Very well said. So, you know, one thing that I, I know, having, you know, had some chats with you and um, and just getting to know you is that you really have a, a good heart and just warm-hearted and caring, and um, you've been through a hell of a lot. <laughs> and so, um, you know, one of the things that I'm curious about is, you know, how have you managed to, to hold on to that that kind of enthusiasm and warm-heartedness and openness and and love and caring um, personality um, through it all. How did you not become kind of bitter and and torn down and just uh, angry? I, the honest thing, I've, I've looked at, I've analyzed that myself. I think I, I while my upbringing in my childhood was not nearly stellar, uh, I believe that the my upbringing in childhood also gave me the ability to become who I am, bouncing uh, from six different foster homes and three orphanages, my birth mother and her couple of husbands, my birth father and his two girlfriends. I was I, I was able to, I learned how to adapt to change like almost instantaneously. I can go from, you know, one thing to the next. If you change a rule on me, boom, I can adapt to it really quick. I think that's a gift I was given, you know. Mm-hmm. People who stayed in this place stayed always the same way. And change comes, that's one of the, one of the biggest stresses people have is, or how to deal with change. I can deal with change in a moment. I also goes back to I've always had, and I didn't realize this until just a few years ago, when social networking first started, uh, and I got on the Facebook world of social networking, I reconnected with some people that I hadn't seen since I was in first, like first, fourth, or fifth grade, because that was the home I was in after my brother's murder. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I reconnected with them, and I was asking them questions about me because I questioned myself. People said something similar to what you alluded to a few moments ago. Charles, how, you, you have to be fake. No one can be like you are who had been through what you've been through. It's impossible. <laughs> you know, and I've had psychiatrists, like psychiatrists, psychologists tell me that. I've had pastors of churches tell me that. And I said, you know what, and, I, and I'm saying, you know, I'm told I should be a drug addict, hate people, you know, abuser, blah, blah. So I'm glad I didn't turn out the way you guys thought I should. But then I kept saying, am I really me? Because people saying you, you're fake. You've got to be fake. Nobody can think through what you've been through. So mm-hmm. I started this journey to find out who am I, which looks back to one of the things we were talking about earlier, you know. Mm-hmm. I had to look at me. Who am I? And I and in this journey, I reached out and I found these people who hadn't seen me. Uh, the last time they saw me was about 40 years before we reconnected, or about 35 years at that time. And I said, can you tell me something about myself that, that you remember about me from back in those days? Now, this would have been right after my brother was murdered. Uh, there was the next foster home I was in, and I was with them for five and a half years. And I didn't, want to, I didn't tell them anything about me today. I just wanted to know what they remember me about me back then. And what they told me about me back then was who I still am today. You were the mm-hmm. guy, you were the kid that, that the bully could pick on, and yet you still helped the bully if he dropped his pen or you needed help with his homework. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, were the kid, you were the kid that walked the girl home who everyone was teasing. You know, you, and I said... So I realized, okay, this is something that I didn't create. This is something right. that's born into me. And yeah. it's a gift I've been given. And I believe, Rachel, with all my heart, that this is a gift I was given. This wasn't a learned behavior. This is a gift I was given. And the reason I was given this gift is to share it with others, not to keep it to myself. This wasn't my little gift to unwrap and go, oh, look what I got. It was my <laughs> gift to say, you know what? I have got something here that's unique and different because... And I did me a lot of years. I thought everybody was like, yeah, you go to university, you accept it, you move on. And I realized I've got something unique, and I've got to get it out and share with people. 
you yeah. know, we hear the cliche, if it changes one life, you know. I'm not looking to change one life. I'm looking for one life to change itself through what it does, and, and I'm looking for hopefully one every single day somebody will be, you know, want to do that. And to, yeah. so again, it's a gift that I have that I feel I feel strongly needs to be shared to the others from grass. Even, uh, even if they get the wrapping paper off and they don't get the full gift, they get a portion of it. They get <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. And, yeah, I think for, for people who have been through abuse, um, you know, our sense of self and who we are can be so... Um, tarnished because of the experiences that we've had. And yet we do have this kind of inner self or this authentic self that is almost like it's um, what I, how I think about it is it's just kind of buried, um, you know, tucked away. And the more we take away those um, false beliefs from, from abuse that happen or, you know, the lies that we were told about ourselves or the, the behaviors that are there because of the abuse, the more that genuine authentic self really gets to show through. And, you know, you really get to be that person that you want to be. And, and so it's really great to to hear you really modeling that um, and representing that, that you can connect to that really that that absolute beautiful self that was here and um put on this earth to do something amazing and wonderful and and to be shared. So thank you very much for that. Um uh, so I really love what you shared with us today about how to um through really being honest about your flaws and your imperfections um and through really tuning in to the choices that you're making and being open and connecting with other people that in all of those things as well as forgiveness being able to then really own your masculinity and connect with and build a community of men in your life is there are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share today well, I, I talked about transparency pretty strongly here and about you know, open and honesty. And I want to share something very transparent about myself. And it's, I find it it's something throughout uh, throughout uh, society when it comes to men. And what I'm going to share is something, and it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's been a taboo subject in the past, but it's something that needs to be talked about. It's just that we as men uh, are are sexually abused more often than we realize. I didn't mm-hmm. realize I was sexually abused until I stopped speaking at a conference and started sharing, you know, my my adult addiction to to pornography. And when I say pornography, I want to make it very clear: not child pornography, nothing like that. But pornography is is not good at all. But that being said, you know, my and but there's this there's this rites of passage, if you dare I even use those words, mm-hmm. uh, that that we think that oh, little boys who who, you know, go and look at the dirty magazines. Oh, that's okay. That's a normal thing for them. And and giving them that opportunity to look at it, or giving nowadays, you know, in the day and age we live in now, these video games yeah. that children are exposed to, and thinking it's okay. That is not, you may not see that as abuse, but it is abuse. And, you know, when I realized that when I was a little boy, the adults didn't give me the, the, the you know, the, the books to look at or the movies to see, but the adults were doing it around me that I was exposed mm-hmm. to it inadvertently. Right. And that was that, that set me up later on for, and I can make this very clear, no one put that pornography in front of me. Nobody made me watch it. I made the choice. I could say I was influenced by my childhood, but I, but the choice ultimately was mine to put it in front of me, which is where, that's, that, that, which is where accepting the choices you made and the consequences from it. 
mm-hmm. comes in. But yeah. but so pornography in in its in in that state is just and it is run rampant. It has caused so much stuff. And and we watch. I've watched anyway through societal changes that women who at one time uh, didn't have that as much or wasn't as uh, as prevalent. Now the tides are turning, and women are getting caught up in, in the in the in the pornography addiction, and in these these you know we have this sexual free seventies where I was a little kid in, but you know it it it's tore apart. It's been a moral decline in our society, and and it is an abusive behavior. And if we're an adult and you have that stuff around, you have children, please understand it. A child sees that that's that's abusive, and it's setting mm-hmm. it's setting that child to tell you later. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, I think that, you know, what I really hear and what you're sharing there is that, first of all, um, it is definitely more prevalent uh, than we think that men are being abused. Um, and, you know, all the statistics are wrong anyway because <laughs> it's, they only track what's reported and how many hundreds and thousands of people never report, you know, what has happened to them. So whether it's really one in six or really probably more like three or four in six for men and, you know, um, because of the unreported cases and that there are so many shades and nuances to how people can be exposed um, prematurely to sexuality and how that can, you know, shape our experience and shape how we think about ourselves. Um, men, for, for you know, since we're talking about men, their sexuality, their masculinity, their roles, et cetera, and, um, you know, and pornography can certainly be, um, an aspect of that when when really used the wrong way or exposed to someone too too early. So um, I want to just really thank you, Charles, for for being here today and really sharing yourself with us and sharing your story and sharing what you've discovered along in your journey. That's really been helpful and you know moving you through um, that pain and that hurt so that you can. Um, be out there in the world making a difference. And um, for anyone who's listening today, if you'd like to follow up with Charles and, and speak with him further, you can email him at cjsteckerjr at gmail.com. So it's cjsteckerjr at gmail.com. And you can also learn more about him at facebook.com slash servant uh, dot of dot truth and as well Charles I know something that's very important to you is this uh, petition that you have um, trying to um, gain justice for your murdered brother and how can people learn more about that where can they go if they'd like to to learn more about that and um, sign the petition um, to find the petition uh, not, to give, not for me to give you the long link. It's actually, if you Google search the word Seth, S-E-T-H, and the word Williams, W-I-L-L-I-N-I-A-N, Seth Williams, and then comma, and then my last name, Stecker, S-T as in Tom, E-C-K-E-R. Okay. The very first hit will be the petition. Okay. So Google search Seth Williams, comma, Stecker, and, the very, and when you read, and that petition will share with you uh, the, if you've read it, Rachel, you know what I'm talking about. It, it, yeah. I took it and shared brother's story from last from his baby book, from his first two years of life, which is all he was able to live, and took it direct excerpts from his baby book and made it his story, and then gradually turned it in. People know I was sharing it, but 
read that thing. It's powerful. It's, it's, it's you know, a, a little boy like my brother and Tim before another child, and no one was held accountable for many, many years. And in 2011, after a 30-year search, I located records that now uh, the city of Philadelphia is saying I cannot get. And one thing you don't tell me is I can't do something because I will make you <laughs> do it. Nice. You know, yes. They told me I couldn't serve in our military because I have my left arm, the woman who killed my brother, shattered my left arm, and I don't have full use of it. And I said, I will get in. And I got, I got in what I feel is one of the best branches of the military, the U.S. Coast Guard, and right. served, my, served my, you know, my six-year uh, service uh, with honor and dignity. So, you know, they're, they're not going to tell me, no, I will get those records. It took me 30 years to even locate them. And that's the, the gist of the petition, folks, just to get to the point is, it's to get, I, I need as many signatures. I think I'm close to 2,600 right now. I'm trying to get close to 10,000 or 10,000 before 2017, and 2017 is the 50th anniversary of my brother's murder, mm-hmm. and I wanted to have those. I wanted to have those signatures by 2016, so that I could take it, print them, literally print all all 10,000 signatures out, take it down to the city of Philadelphia, and use it as leverage to pressure them to release records that should have been released many years ago. Okay. And the reason for the release of the records, and finally saying about that, is it's not about me. It's not about my brother. There's nothing that I can get from this record that will give me back my brother or the 50 years at that point I've lost with him. But what I believe can happen and will happen is I will find a systemic problem that was in the system then that still exists today. 50 years later, despite all the, mm-hmm. the, the improvements they've done, children right. are still dying in a system that's supposed to be protecting them. Right. And there's a systemic error that's going on, and I will not stop until either my last breath is taken or I find what it is. Yeah, awesome. So please go check that out. Support Charles's cause to, um, you know, really challenge um, the system that's in place um, that is that is definitely in many ways causing more harm than good. And thank you once again, um, really so much for for being here. And and thank you everyone for for really tuning in and and joining us today. And please don't forget to visit www.rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and to explore the other resources available on the site. And please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. And we have so much more to share with you and, and look forward to having you again next time. So until then, take good care of you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.